We've just published the book, The Adventures of Lola Badiola. It's the perfect complement for this podcast. It includes complete transcripts, explanations, and quizzes. So buy it now on Amazon. Hello and welcome back to The Adventures of Lola Badiola. In the last episode, the Swiss life insurance company SMZ was attacked by hackers. In this episode, we are going to introduce you to the people responsible for the cyber attack. We are going to introduce you to the North Koreans. We will also discuss the advanced vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation used in the text. So, without any further delay, let's go back to the story. The Adventures of Lola Badiola, Chapter 9 The North Koreans. Park J. Bong was a genius. He attended the University of Technology in Pyongyang, North Korea, where he obtained a master's degree in physics, graduating top of his class. He was immediately recruited by the country's state-sponsored hacking organization. Within a year, he had created and released WannaCry, one of the world's costliest ransomware attacks. Over the following three years, he generated hundreds of millions of dollars for his government through brilliant and devastating computer-related frauds. His victims were multinational companies like J.P. Morgan, Vodafone and Yahoo. Within the international hacking community, he was considered a demigod. Nobody knew who he was or what he looked like, but his style of coding was unmistakable. Within his own country, however, he was just another anonymous civil servant. He wore the same smart, casual clothes, travelled on the same public buses, and received the same benefits as everyone else in his division. He operated in a small cubicle in an enormous room with 13,000 other hackers. Each of them spent 16 hours a day in a continuous cycle of trial and error, until they bumped into a system weakness. Park was the most imaginative and persistent of them all. He worked closely with his best friend and confidant, Kim Dae-won. Their personalities complemented each other perfectly. Park was in many ways a typical introverted computer geek, someone who found it much easier to communicate with machines than with people. Kim, on the other hand, had a childlike enthusiasm for the real world around him. That morning, the two of them were monitoring the progress of their most recent infiltration. The target was the Spanish branch of a Swiss insurance company called SMZ. It was a classic ransomware attack. They had shut down a critical link in the company's computer systems and demanded payment in the form of cryptocurrencies. Midday report! Park and Kim's concentration was interrupted by Kang, their direct superior in Division 6523 of the hacking department. Kang was a functionary. He walked around all day collecting reports that he didn't understand. 
Park and Kim hated Kang. They hated being supervised by him. And above all, they hated the pointless routine of producing daily reports that nobody read. Here it is, sir, said Park, as he handed over the document. Kang then asked a few standard questions. Have you observed any new anomalies? No, sir. Have you crashed any systems? No, sir. Have you conducted any infiltrations? No, sir. What is the status of the SMZ attack? They have three hours to respond. Kang made a note in his report, then walked away without any acknowledgement. Kim and Park waited until he was out of sight, and then they turned back to their computers. They had some time to kill before the Bitcoin payment arrived. Without anybody else in Division 6523 knowing, they bypassed the internal security systems and accessed the uncensored Internet. It was a dangerous activity. If either of the programmers were caught, they would be, at best, demoted, at worst, imprisoned. But this didn't deter them. After all, they were the smartest guys in the room. For the next couple of hours, the two Koreans surfed the web, consuming the content that most interested them. Park checked the BBC, New York Times and Russia Today for international news. Kim signed into his Disney Plus account and continued watching episodes of Star Wars Rebels. To the two of them, the Western world was both alien and fascinating. With 15 minutes to go before the deadline of their attack, they received an unexpected notification on their screens. Shit, whispered Park Jae-bong. Shit, whispered Kim Dae-won. Their attack had been disarmed, their code erased, and an upgraded firewall put in place. I can't believe it, said Park. We were so close, said Kim. They sat in silence in their little cubicles, feeling defeated and deflated. Almost a month's work had come to nothing. We'll get them next time. Yes, we will. Park hated being beaten by another coder. To lose like this was a humiliation. He started typing instructions into his computer. Let's start again. Are you kidding? They've reprogrammed their whole system. They're still vulnerable. Come on, comrade, it's time to go home. I'm staying. Kim sighed and shook his head. He logged off, shut down, and headed for the exit. He knew it was pointless to argue with his best friend when he was in this sort of mood. Park turned back to his computer and stared into the abyss of cyberspace. He closed his eyes and tried to visualize the people he was targeting. Who were they? What were they like? What did they look like? He tried to put himself into their shoes. Whoever had defeated Park J. Bong was going to feel the full force of his revenge. He wasn't just going to rehack SMZ. He was going to attack the company that protected them. He was going to bring down Texpania. Well, I wonder what Park is going to do next. We'll find out in a future episode. But let's start off today by talking a little bit about hacking 
and cybersecurity. Listen to these sentences again. It was a classic ransomware attack. They had shut down a critical link in the company's computer systems and demanded payment in the form of cryptocurrencies. What is ransomware? Okay, so what is a ransom? Well, a ransom is a sum of money demanded in exchange for someone or something that has been taken away. So gangsters, for example, sequester or kidnap the children of rich people and then demand a ransom. They say, pay us some money and only then will we free your son. So ransomware is computer code that enters your computer system as a virus and then it stops your software from operating. You need to pay the hackers in order to free your files. Ransomware generates billions of dollars every year in payments to cybercriminals and it inflicts significant damage and expenses for businesses and government organizations. The average ransomware payment in 2021 was $570,000. Only two years earlier, it was only $120,000. So as you can see, this is a growing threat. This is a very profitable business for cyber criminals. Because think about it, what would you do if you suffered from a ransomware attack? How much would you or your company pay to free your files, to be able to operate again? Imagine you work for a bank or an airline company or an online retailer. How much would it cost your company to miss just one day of business? In many cases, the cost would be much more than $570,000. And that's why people pay. That's why ransomware is so effective. And that is what Park J. Bong and Kim Dae Won are doing to generate revenue for the North Korean government. Now, in this particular case, they were prevented from achieving their goal by Luis Brunia and the team at TechSpania. But they, like all hackers and kidnappers, will be back. Okay, let's move on to some pronunciation work. Have a listen to this again. Kang then asked a few standard questions. Have you observed any new anomalies? No, sir. Have you crashed any systems? No, sir. Have you conducted any infiltrations? No, sir. Observed, crashed, concluded. These three verbs have been chosen for a reason. They are all past simple regular verbs ending in ed. However, the ed at the end of each of these verbs is pronounced differently in each case. And this causes terrible problems for non-native speakers. It's very common to hear people express these verbs phonetically. For example, observed, crashed, 
and concluded, when in fact they should be pronounced observed with a d sound at the end, crashed with a t sound at the end, and concluded with an id sound at the end. Native speakers don't even think about this. It all comes naturally because they have grown up learning English as a spoken language. When they eventually see these words written down, they have already internalized how the words are pronounced. On the other hand, non-native speakers often learn the written word first. And therefore it's quite logical for them to assume that the ed at the end of each of these words is pronounced exactly the same. So how do you know which pronunciation applies to which verbs? Well, there are about 12 or so different rules to learn here, and we are not going to go through them one by one. What we're going to do instead is we are going to test you. We are going to find out if you have an ear for the difference between these particular pronunciations if you have an instinctive sense for what is right. Should it be pronounced d, as in observed? Should it pr be pronounced t, as in crashed? Or should it be pronounced id, as in concluded? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, every day I observe. And I want you to say out loud, yesterday I observed. So I'm going to say the present simple, and you're going to turn it into the past simple. Now you must say these words out loud, and you must pronounce these words very clearly. They must end in a d, t, or id. Are you ready? Let's do nine verbs. Here we go. Every day I ask. Every day I increase. Every day I influence. Every day I borrow. Every day I receive. Every day I manage. Every day I accept. Every day I decide. And finally, every day I succeed. Okay, how did you do? Let's see if you got them correct. In fact, what I did here was create a pattern because the first three verbs all ended in the T sound. So you should be saying, yesterday I asked, yesterday I increased, and yesterday I influenced. The second three verbs ended in a D sound. So you should have said, yesterday I borrowed, yesterday I received, and yesterday I managed. Mm, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Where you have a G followed by the ED. Try it again. Yesterday I managed, yesterday I judged. Yesterday I challenged. Yeah, whenever you have a verb that ends in G, the ED is just pronounced D.
Okay, and finally, the final three verbs all had the id sound at the end. So you should have said accepted, decided, and succeeded. So the question is, how do you dominate this pronunciation point? How do you learn which is which? Well, first, as an advanced speaker, you just have to be aware of this. You have to be aware of the three different sounds. And then secondly, you have to listen actively to native speakers on the TV and on the radio. And finally, you have to question yourself when you're speaking. Did I get that right? Did that sound right? And if you're unsure, always check. Remember, as a high intermediate or advanced speaker, as you are, your improvement is a continual and gradual work in progress. The more actively you listen and engage and discuss with native speakers, the more you will improve. Okay, our final discussion today concerns these sentences here. Listen carefully because within this paragraph is the number one most difficult grammatical structure for non-native speakers to apply correctly. So listen carefully. He closed his eyes and tried to visualize the people he was targeting. Who were they? What were they like? What did they look like? Okay, before we discuss that number one most difficult grammatical structure, we're going to play another game. And this is how it works. I'm going to say a statement, and you are going to ask me the corresponding question. So I say, it's blue. And you say, what color is it? I say, I'm 49 years old. And you say, how old are you? So we're going to practice constructing interrogatives here in this game. And even native English speakers who listen to this podcast can have fun with this little game. And by that, I mean my mum and dad. Hi, Maggie and Brian. I hope you're well. And we'll have a good little chat on Sunday. Okay, here we go. We're going to do five more examples. Are you ready? I say the statement, you say the corresponding question. Let's do this. He's from Paris. He makes 20,000 euros a year. He goes to the gym once a week. He is tall, blonde, and good-looking. He is kind, generous, and patient. Okay, how did you do? Let's go through them one by one. Okay, here we go. He's from Paris. Where is he from? He makes 20,000 euros a year. How much does he make a year? He goes to the gym once a week. How often does he go to the gym? He's tall, blonde, and good-looking. Okay, this is it. This is the difficult one. 
this is one of the most difficult grammatical structures to apply because it seemingly makes no sense. He is tall, blonde and good-looking. What does he look like? Here we are questioning somebody's physical appearance. And if you translate it from your root language, you're going to probably end up with the sentence, how is he? And that is not correct. That is a different question. When we're asking about somebody's physical appearance, you've just got to memorize this sentence. What does he look like? Repeat it as a mantra. What does he look like? What does he look like? Because I've done this exercise with students many, many times, and often it takes weeks and weeks and weeks for them to get the sentence, how is he, out of their head, and put the sentence, what does he look like, into their head. And just to confuse things a little bit more, the question that corresponds to the final statement, he is kind, generous, and patient, is what is he like? When we're asking about somebody's personality or their character, we say, what is he like? When we ask about their physical appearance, we say, what does he look like? And it's only when we're asking about their health do we say, how is he? Your grandfather is in hospital. How is he? Okay, so these three interrogative sentences often confuse non-native speakers. You need to practice, you need to memorize, and you need to become confident with them. Okay, on that note, we come to the end of today's class. And I hope that you have been interacting today. I hope that you've been speaking out loud. Because the more you engage in these exercises, the more you absorb. And remember, if you want to improve your English and do more exercises like these on a more formal basis, you can sign up to our online business English platform, Club Grattan. Live, interactive and fun classes with me and my partner, Marina, and a bunch of other smart professional people just like you. So if you search Club Grattan in Google, you'll find us. We also hope that you can join us for the next episode of our podcast because the situation is beginning to get hot. There are many questions to answer. Lola Badiola, what happened to her after her mind went blank? Luis Brunya, how can he and his department succeed? The North Koreans... What will they do next? And of course, Cayetano Tolosa. What is he really like? Until then, keep practicing and remember the mantra. What does he look like? 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 What does he look like?